Welcome to the New Song Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined us today. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message from Stephen about Jesus and how much he loves you. If we can serve you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok by searching New Song CS. If you've been impacted by this message, join those who so generously give so we can reach more people with the story of Jesus. Visit newsongcs.com slash give or text the word easy to 94000. Now sit back and enjoy this message. Uh, is Happy New Year when you hear Happy New Year? Is that overrated? It sounds funny to even say it. It's like, well, New Year's was a long time ago. I think it was only 28 days ago. And we're already to February. A lot of people hate January. Well, you're done. You're done with January. We're at a February. And I would say some to, I would say I have not heard Happy New Year since like the first week of January. But um, I think it's overrated. And um, it's like um, people are really happy after Christmas. Uh, there's Christmas music. There's there's family in town, you're eating snacks, and then January comes, the gloom, the cold, the, well, it was cold already, but, you know, the, you know, the family leaves, the snacks leave in my house, like, where'd they go? Like, I'm, we're, we're trying Brussels sprouts now, I mean, seriously, it's very, um, and I'm joking around, but it's also can be a kind of depressing, right? January is a, uh, winter time can be depressing. The, the nights, the, the dark, it gets dark like at two in the afternoon. I mean, come on. That was exaggerating. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I don't know what people do, like people like that live in Hawaii that move here. I just met a family today, and they moved here from Hawaii, and I'm just like, Happy New Year. I hope it works, you know. Um, this is when we need to hear the best sermon Okay, the best sermon Jesus ever preached. Thankfully, it's not my sermon. It's Jesus' sermon. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And his actual subject of his sermon was how to have a happy new year. Okay, so it's good. It's good. I'm going to ask Bob in a second. Bob, you're going to, did I ask you this before? Have you ever read? Uh, you're going to have to read the screen. It'll, it'll be fine. Don't worry. But you're going to pra- You're going to do it in a second. Uh, this one, we need to hear the best sermon Jesus ever preached. It's in Matthew chapter 5. You can look in your Bible or it'll be on the screen. And I'm going to read for you. Uh, I'm hoping you're looking at your Bible so that you know if I'm right. It says this. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 5, 1. I don't believe that was it. I believe that was um, not Matthew. That was Pharrell Williams. Um, uh, but there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's, it's nice. It, it means something. But um, it only addresses shallow happiness. Come on up, my brother. Bob, would you come up? Um, I'm going to just read a little bit more. Clap along if you know what happiness is to you. Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Is that the... Matthew, that's, that's not Matthew either, is it? It is good, but it's not good enough. Jesus' words, would you read them for us? And sound like Jesus, okay, Bob? You got the beard, so. <laughs> and try to do it with, um, 
yeah, kind of turn around a bit. You got to get the face to the odd. There you go. And now, and kind of look over. Yeah, and action. <laughs> now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. He began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Give Jesus a big hand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that in the song as easy as the other that I was, pray, I was saying, but it was 30 years after the first Christmas. It was probably like 30 days after Jesus had come out of the desert. Remember, he went in the desert to uh, fast for 40 days. And um, the devil met him there, and it was, it was ugly, but it was actually pretty cool, too. And now people were lost. People were depressed, alone, um, dissatisfied. And guess what? Heaven forbid. They even started uh, neglecting going to the temple, and uh, they were going their own way. And um, some people weren't even putting God first. Can you believe that? They weren't even putting God first. That would never happen today, but that was a long time ago. That's when Jesus comes on the scene. This is when the word got out that Jesus was around. Jesus was coming. He was gathering a team and was healing people, and he was doing this big shindig out at, at the Rocky Mountains. We got to go. We got to go, Mom. Can we go? Can we go, please? What is he going to talk about? What's he going to lead with? Is he going to lead with, um, I mean, I know he's a carpenter. My good actor so far, doing good, Isaac. I know he's a carpenter. Maybe he'll talk about um, uh, carpentry, right? Maybe he'll talk about building a house. Well, that's not quite too far from the truth. Because if we stop, we're, we're at the beginning. But if you go to the end of the sermon, he says this. Hey, folks. If you heard me speaking today, this was my point. Who, Matthew 7, he says, whoever listens, practices what I just said in the sermon, you'll be like a person who builds a house and has a really solid foundation. When your storms come, because they'll come. Oh, let me tell you, they'll come, people. Right? Jesus is telling them. When the storms come, when the rain falls, your house will stand strong. All right? So basically, this whole sermon is about having a solid house, having a solid foundation. So when you get finished hearing this sermon, hopefully, you'll be solid. All right? So here, back to the beginning. We look at verse 6. The carpenter's words, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for being here all through the service so far. We thank you for your words specifically. Sometimes we're disrespectful or irreverent, and, and we don't uh, give you place. And, you know, these words are pretty solemn. These words are pretty, uh, pretty honorable. And so, Lord, we ask that these words would speak to us today. We don't want to hear our words. We want to hear your words. 
I pray you anoint every ear in the room because our ears like to listen to other things. So I pray that you would anoint every ear to hear. They would leave here a solid house in Jesus' name. Amen. Parenthetically, the word Foursquare, you know, back in the day when it was the lady that started Foursquare, she called it Foursquare because Foursquare meant a solid house. Foursquare was like a craftsman house. So she thought, let's have a craftsman church. Let's have a Foursquare church. That's where it came from anyways. I don't know if you care. What do we hunger for? What do we thirst for? Um, let me suggest power. Glenn, do you, do you hunger for power, right? Fame, money. He's being honest. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. Who likes money? I like money. I hunger for it sometimes. It's kind of a joke around my house. Um, I don't know if it's a joke as much as they just get mad at me for this, but I sell stuff on Marketplace where it says hide from friends. There's a spot you can hide. So you guys are never going to see these things. Thankfully, I've learned that. But I, I just, like, if something's sitting in our house for six months and it's not being used, um, Cynthia will find out that it's up for sale when there's a strange man outside our house, like, texting me. And she's like, who are you texting? Oh, um, just somebody outside. Who? I don't know his name. Uh, he's coming to buy this. And, you know, I'll sell, like, a little, little like, teapot that no one uses for $5.00. Right? And um, I know that Nate Bargatze has a whole thing about it. He says, the marketplace, his wife uses it. And he's like, I don't even know what the marketplace is. The marketplace, well, I, as far as I know, it's just a place to put your address out to the public. Like, there it is, right? And so the greatest thing that could happen is that I, um, that I make $5 off of a teapot, right? And the worst thing that can happen is that, the, that my whole family gets murdered, I guess. And, and my wife says, this is crazy. We, we don't need to do this. But I, I like making money. And um, it satisfies me, but it doesn't fulfill me. Even if it was thousands of dollars, it would not fulfill, right? Because um, it's, it leaves you wanting. It leaves you unsatisfied. And Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the right things for righteousness. If you hunger for that, you'll actually really be filled. You'll feel full. You'll feel satisfied. You'll feel, okay, I can do this. I can live this life. The Holy Spirit just says, stop and think. Is that us? Do we, do we hunger and thirst for the right things? Do we feel full? Do we feel like, okay, I can do this. I'm satisfied. Or do we hunger and thirst for the right things? I'm using these. If you're online, if you're listening, you don't know what I'm saying. But if you hunger and thirst for the right things, you'll be filled. I'm not filled. What's wrong? Have you ever considered maybe you're filling your life, my brother, my sister, with the wrong thing at times? Not me. My wife, my husband, my friend, my roommate, my kid. No, I'm talking to you. You wonder why you're not fulfilled? You wonder why you're not satisfied? Yes, you might have a 
extracurricular problem. But at the heart of the heart of the heart of it, in your spirit, man, you're not filling it with the right stuff. Jesus is telling the people, I bet you he's, I bet you he's walking around the, the field. He's blessed are those who hunger and thirst for. And he knocks the cigarette out of somebody's mouth. Righteousness. No, I bet you he didn't do that. He didn't do that, but. I bet he looks at people. He, all he has to do is look at it. Blessed are you the hunger and thirst for righteousness. And they're like, oh my gosh, he knows. He knows what I did. If you want to be filled, hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're going to talk about it super easy, super simple. Then we're going to um, give you a chance to respond. We're going to talk about it like this. The, the Bible verse, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and you will be filled. Three words, three words, three words. Blessed. Could you put up that first slide? Blessed are those. We talked about blessed. We talked about it. In some of your Bibles, it says it like this. Happy, happy are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled. It doesn't really work, does it? Happy, uh, in, our, in our language, happy... Um, like means clap along if you will. It, it, it doesn't hold the mm. Because when it was said, it was said in Greek. And in Greek, words meant more than they do now. So we've talked about it the last couple of weeks. You can go back and look in depth a little bit more about what that means. But it's the Greek word. Anybody know what the Greek word for blessed is? Yes, makarios. It's the Greek word makarios. It's to be a cool name for your dog. Come here, makarios. Come here. You don't make me happy, but I'm calling you that anyways. Stop peeing on the... No, I'm just kidding. My dog is perfect. He really is, isn't he? He's an influencer now. He's got his own Instagram page, doesn't he, Reagan? No, he's a he. He's a he. He's so cute, he looks like a she. His name's Ollie. Ollie the dog or something, and we're hoping to get rich with this. Inst I don't know what we're hoping, but it is so cute. Reagan's been posting, and um, he's not, his name's not Makarios, and I don't even know what that would have to do with it, except that, I don't know. Makarios means, amongst other things, today I'm summarizing it this way, happiness far beyond your circumstances. It doesn't come through getting a new car. It doesn't happen through going to Disneyland. Although those things are happy, it's a state that is found in knowing God, Him knowing you, you in relationship with Him. You're tight. You're finding favor with Him. He's giving you favor, divine favor. This is happiness. Oh, I'm hashtag blessed. I hope I am. I hope God honors me and I hope I honor Him. Blessed, all right? That's what blessed means. Move on. Next, next slide. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. We're cruising right along here. Hunger and thirst for righteousness. I don't like this word. I don't use it in everyday language. Ah, what do I have to hunger for? That's why kids don't. Go to church. Like, I don't want right, hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
That sounds boring. The Greek meaning of righteousness I read for a while. It was on this commentary. It was like 25 pages. Oh, my gosh. How do I summarize this? Would you like me to read the 25 pages or should I just summarize? Just summarize or what do you think? Isaac thinks we should read it. You're such a godly man, aren't you? He, your son wants me to read it, and you want me to summarize it. What should I do? I think I'll just summarize it. Righteousness would be like this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for relationship with Jesus. Ooh, that's easy to understand. Blessed Makarios, you're, if you just hunger and thirst for a relationship with, with God. Blessed are those, and this part I like, and I put it on the, on the slide, are those who make obedience your number one goal regardless of the outcome. Ah, that's a tough one. Leave here, forget everything else, just remember this. Try to make Jesus, your number one goal, obedience to him, your number one goal, regardless of what it costs you, regardless of the outcome. Well, if I do this, then I have to give up this. Oh, this is, this is like first grade, first grade material here. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. The first graders over there could understand this. They're probably having more fun in their class, but, but, but stay here. Would you just stay here? You're, you're too young. You're too old for that class. Make obedience your number one goal. If we go back to that story of um, Dutch Brothers, okay? I don't know if that's hitting too close to home. I actually see Dutch Brothers out in the audience. I'm not talking to you, all right? It's figurative, okay? Oh, I so want this drink. Make obedience your number one goal. Well, I enjoy this drink. I want this. And Jesus says, no, come here. I need your attention. And Jesus might have even been thinking this way. He just got out of the desert from fasting. He knows how food and drinks will cause us to um, abandon everything else we know. Right? Because we love it. We love it so much. But really, it's talking about, imagine that as like your sin, your vice, your habit, your addiction, your abuse, the thing you abuse, your uh, lack of self-control, your anger, your impatience. I get impatient way too often. I, we almost had a wreck. We really did. I'll admit it. Don't admit it to mom. Yesterday, when I was too impatient in that parking lot, and I'm going, I ran around this guy, and I almost got in like three wrecks at one moment. And it's because I was being impatient. I don't think God cares that much about that, but he does. He, he wants us to, experience, to exhibit fruit in our life. Kindness. That's the only one I could think of for a minute. Joyfulness. Faithfulness. He wants us to experience, to, to exhibit gentleness, 
there are people that are way, they're, they're not very gentle. You need, to, you need to get better at that. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, something that's not very gentle. And it reminded me, this girl's shirt, and I asked her if I could show it. Holly, can, can we show your shirt? Could you stand up for a minute? Next week is not a gentle sermon. I encourage you, come next week if you want to see, like, the other side of me. I got some passionate things I want to talk about. It's like the State of the Union address of the church. So you'll, it'll be things that someone will tell someone else. Did you hear what he said? Oh, my gosh. Gosh, not God, okay? Oh, my gosh. Did you hear what he said? So come next Sunday. Her shirt says, stand up, sorry. To, what is it? This close, this close to flipping tables like Jesus. Oh, my gosh. I am this close. That's what we're talking about next week. I'm going to start flipping tables over, people. You better watch out. So come, okay? That's my little plug. You'll probably be like next week. Oh, my gosh. You are so not flipping tables. That's what Christian's going to tell me. I thought you were going to get, like, heavy. Well, I will. All right. Tables. Tables help with this. Okay, I can relate everything to tables, all right? You want to hunger and thirst for, ta- for righteousness, for making obedience your number one goal? Get involved in a table. Sit at a table with us. We have all kinds of them. Look in your bulletin. They're there. That's a great place to help you with that. They help you with the right stuff. Do you know what else helps you make obedience your number one goal regardless of the outcome? Church, Sundays. It's good for you. You're doing the right thing. You got here today. Saturday comes along. You start to think, maybe I won't obey Jesus. I'd rather do this. You get to church on Sunday. You realize, oh, Jesus loves me so much. Reckless love of Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. I'm not going to do this. Church helps. I'm so tired of people saying, well, I don't got to go to church. To get to heaven? Well, maybe not, but I bet you don't make it without it all at least, at least once a week. I, I, as a kid, it took me, and I was a good kid. I was at church four times a week, and I still didn't really serve Jesus very good. So there you go. All right? All right. Phil, the last one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled. I remember being hungry one afternoon, talking a lot about food today because we're talking about hunger. I was hungry one afternoon, and I don't like to ask my wife if we're having dinner that night. That means, like, because my kids do that. They'll be like, what are we having for dinner? And she'll be like, I haven't even thought of that yet. Oh, my gosh, stop talking. Stop asking me questions. So I don't want to do that, right? So I'm not calling her. I'm not texting her. What's for dinner? Are we having dinner? I thought it was one of those nights we weren't having dinner because our kids are now Reagan's usually not home. She's up in Denver and and Jaden eats um, Greek like jelly beans for dinner. You know, it doesn't matter. No, he eats. He doesn't eat jelly beans. He eats Skittles for dinner. Okay, no. So we don't have to worry about him. He's our like fifth child or fourth child or something like that. So whatever. So I'm not asking her what we're having for dinner. I decide I'm going to stop at the come and go, going to get some gas, and I'm going to, and they had chips for like $2.99. What a deal. 
for like um, a small bag. <laughs> but I'm like, ooh, combo. They're combos. Bite those combos. Those, they have these, they, they, like baked potato flavor or something with bacon and cheese. Like, ooh, that's like a dinner in a bag. I'm going to eat it. I get them, and I'm just planning to have a couple, and then you start eating them. You're driving, and you're trying to uh, do your thing, but you just find out that the bag's gone. Like, before you know it, you ate them before the red light was done, and you're, now you're feeling sick. You're feeling hungry, yet full and sick. Like, I'm full, but I'm hungry still. I would love, like, a steak or, like, some beef jerky or something. I should have got that or but these chips are not satisfying me. And then what do you know? I get home, and she's got this formal dinner. We're having Italian food. Like, she's, she's been cooking it all day. I didn't know. I'm not telling her. I'm not telling her. I, this doesn't look appetizing. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not hungry. I'm not telling her I ruined my dinner with a crappy $3 bag of chips, okay? This my friends, is what Jesus wants to do for us, what he does for us. He sets the table. He gets the chairs. He puts the candle on the table, like five courses, made fit for a king. He sits it down. Maybe it's ready for you at 6 a.m. when you get up. And we say, oh, Jesus, sorry, I don't have time for you. I would rather eat my $3 bag of crappy chips than spend time with you. I hunger and thirst for the wrong things, Jesus. And therefore, I'm not filled. I'm sick. I'm unsatisfied. I put in a little asterisk there. The flesh hungers for crap. And I've said it three times. I'm making a point. I'm not trying to be cool. I'm really not. I feel like I'm cool enough without it, okay? No, I'm serious. I'm not trying to, I'm just making a point. Flesh hungers for the wrong stuff. You could even use a curse word there. I've never, hardly ever said that word, but the spirit hungers for what truly satisfies. You'll have your moments where you actually hunger for what truly satisfies. You'll be You'll be sitting in your car. You'll be sitting in your like little quiet place with God and you're playing your worship music and all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I feel you, Jesus. This is good. Sorry to yell, but I feel you. I feel like we're like connecting right now. I got like three things. I'll start writing stuff down on my journal. You start circling stuff in your Bible. You start singing out loud the song. You feel like, what is this? It's called being filled with the right stuff. And then you see a text about something that's completely off the subject, and you're like, all of a sudden, goodbye, Jesus. I'm busy. I think Jesus would say to you today, I got a table set. What you doing? What are you, what are you wasting your time with? You say, well, this is pretty basic. Yeah, but it probably should be every other week we remind ourselves of this. I wrote down here, and this was something from my journal. We can only snack on what Jesus has to offer because we are filled with the wrong stuff. 
So when we sit down at dinner with Jesus or lunch or a quick breakfast, I don't have much time. I don't have much room. I've already filled up with the wrong stuff, so I'm just going to have a snack with you, Jesus. And then you say, for some reason, I'm just, I'm just not being fed. I'm not being fed. You blame it on the pastor. It's your problem at home. You should be hanging out with Jesus and not just snacking with him. The fleshly junk food. I wrote down this. The fleshly junk food is bad habits, negative self-talk. That's a big one. Or maybe it's one person I'm pausing for. I got to get better at this. When the Holy Spirit says, wait, I need to get better. And he says, wait. Your junk food is your negative self-talk. The way you talk to yourself, the way you allow the enemy to talk to you and you believe it, the way you think, your negative thoughts, it brings you down this whole path that makes you completely unsatisfied. Jesus says, stop. As soon as you hear those thoughts, start talking to me. Let me talk to you. Time wasters can be your junk food. What's your time waster? Well, I don't know. But just a minute. G give me 10 minutes. I'm going to check my Facebook my Instagram, my TikTok, my Messenger, my Snapchat. I do have a Snapchat only to see my son's stuff, make sure he's on the up and up. My time hop, it tells me all the memories I've had on all these. Then I go to ESPN, got to check the scores, go to AMC, check the movies. I mean, this is what I do. I do it. These time wasters are junk food. Not nothing wrong with them. A little junk food every now and then never killed anyone. A little junk food every day, gonna start killing you. It is. Do you agree? Do you agree with me? Or, or it's terrible to say you agree because then you're like, well, that, I, it's me too. But I think we're all in the same boat. That's why Jesus led with this. This was a great one to lead with. Blessed are those who cry, mourn. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And then blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are three important things. You want to have a solid house? Would you come up, my brother? Play some music. I'm going to ask the whole team to come up in a second. My favorite psalm is this. It's found in Psalm 34. I'm not going to read the whole psalm. I just wrote down a couple of things I liked in it. All right? It's not going to be on the screen. It's my favorite song that David wrote. Taste and see that the Lord is good. For those who fear him lack nothing. Those who seek righteousness lack no good thing. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He's on you. And his ears are listening to every one of your cries. The righteous cry out. They still have their issues and they cry out. But the Lord hears them. And not only does he hear them, he delivers them 
from all of their troubles. Well, that's not my testimony. Well, maybe those who seek the opposite of righteousness, he's not listening to. Seek the right things and he might, he might be there for you. Worship team, would you guys come up, sing this song uh, that we were uh, going to sing earlier. We're going to sing it now. He has so much love, so much love for us. It's not like he hates us. He's mad at us. He's sitting up there. It would be hard to hunger after him if he was, but he's not. He's got the table all set. He's got it all ready. He just wants our time. We're going to just listen to this song. Let it minister to you. Then I'll come back and close with a challenge today. But um, Holy Spirit, we just ask you speak to us today. Minister to us today. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. good line wasn't even planned but it was a good line there's room at your table for me had a way that I was going to end the service but I'm going to end it this way we, we believe so much in what the Bible said the New Testament church was like they shared everything they met daily. They prayed a lot. We might, do, we might not do any of those things very good. But another thing that says that they did is they encouraged one another. And then they ended up reminding them again in Hebrews or something like that. Uh, Don't forsake the sibling of yourselves together. Encourage one another. I really believe that I can encourage you on a Sunday morning with a nice packaged sermon. Worship team can, can encourage you, but, but um, I think the most encouragement you can get in a Sunday morning is from those around you. Once again, awkwardly look to the left and to the right. Yeah, these people. They can encourage you. For some reason, we think that um, some of them are strangers. Most of these folks here, you've seen them for the last 10 years, five years, three years at least. Most of them in the room are that way. You've seen them. They're not strangers. They're here for you. They came to church to be ministered to, but they also came to church to minister to you. 
Do you know that? Not me. I'm not ministering to anyone. I got nothing to offer. Yes, you do. I won't make you feel awkward. I'm not going to do something too awkward, but I could. This would be a really good thing. I want us to take the next five minutes. We're not doing this, okay? Just talking out loud. And um, stand up and find someone in the room that you don't know very well. Ask them how they're doing. Oh, my gosh. And then say, I'm not really good at praying for people, but can I pray for you about this? Okay. Lord, we pray. And then they pray. And then the Holy Spirit meets you, and he gives you an encouraging word for them. And you say, well, I don't know what this means to you, but I just sense the word laundry. I don't know what that means. Does laundry mean? I don't want you to get weird and don't do this. But, you know, this, sometimes God speaks to me this way. Uh, laundry, is, is, your, is a laundry overwhelming or what is it? Because God sees it. He sees you right where you're at. And then they start crying. And, oh, my gosh, how'd you know that? Why didn't God knew it? He, he used me to encourage you. Oh, that's amazing. Hug. You leave and you say the sermon was okay, but what you did right now, man, that touched me. God is real because of this. That that's what it should that's what it should be like. I'm not gonna give you five minutes to do that right now, but I'm going to encourage you and I'll do it every week. Look at every person. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a minister. You're a minister. Me? Yeah, you're a minister. You can minister to others. He, in fact, you're the, you're the eye or you're the ear or you're the nose or you're the foot. And if you don't do your part, we walk around messed up. So do your part. Well, I'm embarrassed. I'm shy. I'm insecure. I'm, get over it. All right. God loves you. We're children of him. And we can be proud. We can be confident. We can be courageous. We're going to continue to worship. I'm going to step out. You can step out when you're ready, but I'm stepping out because I want to catch anyone that I missed that I didn't say hi to today so that you don't get mad that I didn't say hi to you. No, not that. That's not why. But I love my family, and I don't want them to leave without me saying goodbye to them. So my dad used to do that every Sunday. They'd sing the doxology, and he'd walk down the center aisle. And I learned that from him, I guess. You take me just as I am. You choose me all over again And I am the one you love Oh, I am the one you love I don't have to prove anything There's room at your table for me Oh, I am the one you love I am the one Just as I am, you choose me all over again. Oh, I am the one you love. Oh, I am the one you love. I don't have to prove anything. There's room at your table. 